On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Neil Breen's 2016 film, Pass Through. You know the one before he puts us in his next film. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a bi-weekly movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film from cinema's past, considered but not limited to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, each episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Episodes available on cultcinemacavalcade.com and iTunes. Like the show on Facebook and follow on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. For questions, suggestions, and all inquiries, contact us via mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. I am artificial intelligence from far in the future. I have come here to cleanse the human species of their failings and decline. You two are of no value to me on the street. I lived to see it. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 52. This is Neil Breen Week. This is Brandon. And as always, is my co-hoster who has survived the cleanse and come to talk about it with us today, Cullen. I think we're going to have a good show. Today our show is here to discuss Neil Breen's 2016 film, Pass-Through. Cullen, double down and tell us your findings as to why we are here now. Artificial intelligence from the distant future visits Earth to eliminate all humans who have been harmful to all humans worldwide. On Pass-Through, in addition to being the writer and director, Neil Breen is the music director, editor, cinematographer, director of photography, sound editor, Sound recordist did the casting, set design, wardrobe, props, lighting design, makeup, makeup effects, location scouting. He was the production manager, did administration, accounting, craft services, and hair. If you want to question that because you saw in the credits there were companies, please note that right under those credits it says any of the above listed companies in the credits with an N or a B in their name are fictitious. This work was actually done personally by Neil Breen. And there's also like a quotes credit that quotes, uh, like credits Albert Einstein, Carl Sagan, among others. Their, their words are so abused in this film. And then uh, pass through stars, Neil Breen, The Odd, The Tiger, Second Build, Kathy Corpus, uh, Abraham Rodriguez, Chase Macklin, and Jason James. Welcome to... What we're calling Neil Breen Week. It's a part of our Twitter push, which Colin, what, what's going on on Twitter? What are we doing? I'm I'm foggy here. What's what's going on? Well, we're trying to get into Neil Breen's next movie called Twisted. I almost said Taken. But that's a different movie. The next movie is he's doing is called Twisted, and we're campaigning him. We're just tweeting at him every day. Put at CC Cavalcade in Neil Breen film Twisted. So just keep just. Tweeting at him, his handle is at Neil Breen. Just keep doing it, and eventually he'll either put us in or he'll threaten us with litigation. We're hoping for the former, but we'll see what happens. Yes, which is, you know, as a part of this push, we're finally completing that Neil Breen month from November with Pass Through. Those who do follow us, that's what was in the mysterious breen envelope that was in my mail no we don't have an offer yet but you never know we could be getting close so keep up those tweets it warms my heart every time i see a tweet and that that picture of the uh, breen envelope you may have seen it on our instagram account which we have now we have instagram which is the same as twitter at cc cavalcade and we're starting to have some fun with that one so stay tuned you may have special instagram exclusives that uh show up there um, yeah but it's still got to be within instagram's guidelines so no butts and no nuts i'm sorry folks yeah i i learned that the hard way real quick but our instagram we debuted for our popcon weekend which i want to go over since you know some of you listeners you know weren't at popcon and stuff just to see what happened and maybe you don't follow us on social media we uh we won two awards there yes we we won uh 
Best TV and Movie for a podcast at the uh, PopCon Awards, and we also won for Best Editing. We don't want to like sit and, and harp and constantly talk about awards, but uh, we do want to take the chance to uh, thank all of you, our listeners, who you guys keep our fire alive and give us the drive to you know do our best for every episode to get recognized for that it's awesome it's a good feeling that you know we're giving you a good product it's it's nice to know that and especially i uh, want to thank again our guests that you know come in on our show and they share and introduce us to you who maybe have never heard of us before and uh, the people that have come on multiple times like aaron newworth jim deets john roca and then like you know our guest josh arnold who was on our deathbed episode which was the one we submitted for the awards also, a uh, real quick thank you to our colleagues at Creative Zombie Studios, our, our you know, headquarters we all share, and then the uh, great support we get from our friends at Podcast Indie, you know, Rachel, Matt, Scott, Jeff, and among others. Thank you, you know, thank you very much. It's you know, good to have podcasting world. It's a, kind of a thankless place, and you know, when you have comrades and people you share it with, and you and you talk to on a good basis, and are able to get together and share that lonely feeling, and you have you know, get recognition from your peers. It's a it's a good thing, and we we really appreciate everyone. So these awards mean one thing, folks. You are right to listen to us. So keep doing it and tell other people, do you want to make the right choice? Stop being an asshole and listen to this show and use that language. You have to make your point heard. Get abrasive in your language. You hear that, Dad? (laughs) So now back to Neil Breen Week. I want to let you know, stay tuned. We have a very special announcement regarding our Neil Breen week at the end of the show. You know, like you should listen to the whole damn show. I mean, even past the credits. Who doesn't listen past the credits? You're missing out on pushbike joyfulness. If you're a quitter, that means you don't get chicken dinner. Just remember that, folks. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Pass through. Get out of the shower! Oh, damn! I need some help in here! We've been waiting on this one. We we bit the bullet. We we bought Neil Breen's film from him for a handsome sum for a uh, a movie that came in like at least you know it was one of those slick thin uh, CD cases, but a CD case. Uh, it was a, a CDR in a, in a CD case, and it was a screener. There was no menu. It plays and then automatically stops. It almost looks like a bootleg, honestly. Yeah, it's, like a, it's a very nice bootleg, but it doesn't. It doesn't look like anything that's sold in any store. The sticker on the disc looked like, uh, when I was in testing, it looked like the check discs I would get for subtitle passes, where we would, you know, correct any subtitle errors. Well, he might know that we're tweeting at him, so he's like, well, I'm not going to send them the good copy. Just, just get what's in the bag. Get the one that's holding the table off. Put that to them. <laughs> make your own case, Peters. Why don't you take all those tweets and make a case? That'll be the subject of his next movie. This one opens with, like, what looks like a default like desktop wallpaper graphic yeah i don't it's even like, know what they call it a space globe yeah it's I this guess. celestial picture and it's like all right and then <laughs> and, and our old friend returns the desert it's got a new friend the drone i imagine that neil couldn't afford a crane it's like i know what i'll do i'll get a, a drone that does the same thing even though the screen twitches and it's uneven at times because of the drone we get a lot of the desert and then we get a cliff or like a mountain thing that a tiger appears atop of it's clearly superimposed is it like some like default like editing graphic thing that you used to practice with or did he Uh, like find some video and like manage to trim it out cleanly guy i hope it's just like training footage i would that would make my heart so happy that like here you put this tiger underwater you know crazy junk like that but he said you know what They've given me the tools. I'll just make my movie with their garbage demo. That'd be great. And then there's this like prehistoric hand painting stuff on the wall. Like it looks like a caveman hand, and it's like white paint. And the, the caveman hand—it looks like someone dipped their hands in honey and then rolled it around in dryer lint. Yeah, that's spot on. All right, get Robin Williams' watered-up hand out there, and he'll grind the bones. And great. Next scene. We have the cousin of the fart ghost from Fateful Findings, the <laughs> the shadow that passes by or through. I mean, I guess it's kind of like characters on Lost. Like this is the uh, the man in black. It's also the cloud. 
And then his brother is the white fart ghost from the uh, from Fateful Findings, right. I guess. We, we take up with what I'm assuming are border jumpers. I mean, you know what? Now, now that I watched the movie, I don't think they are border jumpers. Well, I, I, I think they are because, I mean, skipping ahead later on, they're told to go back to their country. And they go through a fence with barbed wire. So, I, but I mean, they're they're definitely trying to cross the border. Yeah. But I don't think they're doing it because they like live in Mexico uh, or, or wherever this is. I mean, I assume it's in Mexico. They never say where this movie well, I just, takes I don't, place. I don't think Neil Breen knows very many Mexicans, so he just cast whoever he could get. <laughs> Clearly, because I'm not sure if there were anyone in that group of Hispanic descent, a bunch of white people. Some black people. There's probably some Asians in there. I don't know, but they did not look like they come from Mexico. And they all have backpacks and like a half gallon jug of water. Like and that's all... that's how you that's how you can tell you're illegally crossing into another country. A backpack and water. When prepping for this movie, he bought a bunch of milk. He's like, I'll just drink it as I go along. I'll empty it, and then boom, I've got a prop. That's yep. absolutely what he did. You and... know, he had just a a room where just the floor just was coated with old milk jugs like a hoarder we go to this bedroom of this kid on a laptop who's really into astronomy and then there's a girl in a different room that's also into astronomy which by different room i mean it's the same exact bedroom as the boy but they move the computer table to the other side of the bed like the posters are in the same spot there was a later where they move the bed to the other side of the room yeah maybe the other side of the room the other side of the gap because there's a little indent in the wall and when you're in the boys room it's on the left side when you're in the girls room it's on the right side and then there's an old man he's in the desert and he's really into astronomy and then outside there's a trailer and neil breen is cleaning up trash and i'll have to say this he cleans up trash a lot in this movie and it's always the same trash it's the same group of shit he's always picking up there's real considerate litter bugs out there it's like all right let's just dump our trash here we'll put a bag next to it i mean we're not going to be rude i mean we're lazy but not rude the astronomy boy has two girlfriends who he tells he just lost (laughs) lost the source and then the border jumpers wander through a crevice while some guy with a gun like threatens neil breen to clean shit up and pays him in heroin before hitting him on the head with the butt of his assault rifle and then Neil Breen's sad, and he, like, shoots up the heroin, which we see in his arms is full of holes. And then the, the shadow thing passes through him, and there's a red dot that glows on his chest. And then he gets up from himself. He wanders to the trailer in the background. So in one movie, you get two Neil Breen's. And we didn't mention this earlier, but that red dot is apparently important. It, it is, and we thought it was a mistake. When I mean, we we watched this movie together, the first we both seen this twice now. Just one point, not just me this time. Cullen watched it twice too. Because I want to. The first time I watch it, like you see these movies and you don't completely understand it, but you get through it and you're fine. This one I had to watch it again. Like I don't know what the hell I watched. I need to figure it out a little bit so I can talk about it. When we with first the, see the dot, it shows up with the title. And it looks like it's an error. Like he was using Mario paint or something, and he bumped a wrong spot and just said, well, and he didn't notice it until it was too late to hit undo, and he just left. But it was actually yeah. a, a mystic dot thing. It's in the upper center of the screen. It's the same color as the title screen, so it's extra confusing. Astronomy boy and astronomy girl, they talk about writing songs for a bit. And then Neil Breen then bleeds as he's trying to climb a barbed wire fence. The border jumpers at this time go through a tunnel, quote unquote, led by an aggressive man. I guess this is the guy who first takes him captive, but like all of a sudden he's just with the group and bossing them. So I thought he was one of the group, but on this second viewing, I'm like, wait, that's that's like the main one of the main got guys. Got a gun, right? Yeah, he's got a gun. You can't really see it at the way he shot it this time, and and we and then we see this guy light up a torch, and it's like an eight bit CG for the fire when it lights. Yeah, it, it looks like like a section of desktop wallpaper animated coming out of a blowtorch right like if you had fire on geocities website as like a little icon thing that's what it looked like absolutely that's not the only thing that's like that in this movie anytime 
a gun fires and there's there's several guns that fire the flash that comes from the end of the of the gun it looks like it was drawn like someone drew the the blast just a flash of clip art right at the tip of the gun each time a gun is fired this guy apparently cutting open the fence we just see him light that up and it's like oh okay what was that and then we then see the fence get pushed over by the border jumpers doctor astronomy is in the hospital from the last movie, Fateful Findings, on his laptop yeah. with the exact same astronomy posters the kids have. They're all fans of the same set of stars, yeah. apparently. An astronomy boy calls him to thank him for being patient with him or some bullshit, but like, I never got their names. So for me, they were astronomy boy, astronomy girl, and Dr. Astronomy. Well, the, the, the old guy in the hospital where the room is lined with cowboy boots... He he was a professor. Well, doctor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they never give the names of the boy or the girls. I just call them astronomy people. They were into stars, there, I guess. There are maybe five people in this movie, maybe, that have names. Maybe. I didn't even get Neil Breen's. When he was the junkie. We we only know what his name is after he's been passed through. Oh, we just know him as AI. He lies about a name. My name is Till. It's spelled T-H-G-I-L. But it's pronounced Till. (laughs) What kind of name is that? It's a foreign name. (laughs) Like from another planet? Far, far away. Still, it's a title. Yeah, something they can call him other than scary. The border jumpers are held up by these gangster guys with guns, like big old machine gun, like assault rifles, and they find drugs in this woman pretending to be pregnant. Which this is a Neil Breen movie. You might have just assumed she really was pregnant, and that was just his special effects. But she's not. She's hiding drugs. It looks real shitty. Not even as, as nice as a pillow underneath the shirt. It looks like there's yeah. a, a rounded square under her shirt. Yeah, so the guy like takes a knife and cuts open like her shirt or whatever, proves she's not pregnant. And then they split up the drugs and they start handing them out like, This is for the politicians. This is for the stockbrokers. Bimps. Bankers. The CEO. The lawyers. International bankers. The resistance. Oh, here we go again. Literally, like, it rattles off, I don't know, like a dozen different groups to hand the cocaine to, or I'm assuming it's cocaine. It just goes on, like, hand it to this person. This this is for the CEOs. Like, all of them? Like, this is for the lawyers. Every lawyer? It's like, that's not gonna, I mean, that's gonna feed them, man. That's that's really, it's, I don't do coke. I never have, but I, I know that's not gonna be enough to spread the wealth throughout the globe. I just... <laughs> if I was to do coke, it'd be a lot more. That's probably good enough for, like, one office. So a black woman who is, like, their leader, she shoots a grandmother and her grandson because they are of no use to her. And it's like, just real abrupt, yeah. too. And, but, but don't worry. Both shots, you never see the tip of the gun. So we still haven't seen the animated boom boom at the tip. A girl and her niece escape. She then has some of the most awkward Neil Breen-style dialogue where she's like, Why are we running? We have to keep running. Your mother's my sister. She was murdered. I swear to God, I take care of you. You're my niece. We have to keep running. And I think it's in there because they could look about the same age, but they don't look related at all. Oh, no. no they One's don't like look related. straight up Latino and the other is a black woman. Unless it's through just marriages. Uh, Marriage or adoption. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. All the other people are loaded onto a truck, including the aunt and the niece that we just saw escape. Yeah, they're like the last ones that get in I there. I mean, you it, clearly see them in there. It's not just like, oh, it looks kind of like them, but you shoot them from the back, you can't tell. It's all right. No, you clearly see both of their faces. Short of them looking into the camera and waving you know it's them. And reminding you of their relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's just her repeating how they're related. Neil Breen then goes to a mountain and disappears into it, and then he comes a- <laughs> Yeah, I just throw that off like it's normal. Yeah, exactly. He comes across the tiger, and then there's a dot on the painted hand in the rock. We then get Neil face-to-face with the tiger, and it's 
him in front of a TV set with a close up of a tiger. And it's it just like that real, yeah. And it's got that Neil Breen like unconvincing just stay still acting. Like, I don't understand what is supposed to be happening. It's He's a like, badass! Well, Can, <laughs> would you stand that close to a tiger face to face? Well, this tiger doesn't seem to do anything but sit around on top of like a rock shelf and look at Neil Breen straight in the eyes. Like, is this thing his Patronus? What is it doing? Yeah. It just sits around. We then get a drone shot of him just frolicking around the desert. Yeah, if you're having popular... double, if you're having double down flashbacks, you're not alone. It is the most popular shot in this movie, just to have him standing around in his denim shirt and then just zooming out and moving the the camera around. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes where it zooms really far one way, and then like, okay, well the scene's over, right? Guess what, motherfucker? It pans right back. Uh, he tells us via voiceover during this that he is. Artificial intelligence come to cleanse the human species. Dr. Astronomy Guy tells the kids to go to the desert without him. So the kids go to the desert without him to find the area. And then they, they run into Neil Breen and they just brush him off as a homeless bum. Because he's just, he is just laying in the dirt. Here's this, there's this AI and I don't know what its plan is. Is it <laughs> supposed to blend in with the surroundings or... Try to blend in like, oh, no, I'm a human being. Like, no, you're not. You're clearly not. You've picked the worst possible being to blend in with a human race because there's no way that Neil Brain is a human being. No. He is either a cyborg or an alien. My only evidence is how he talks. That's enough. The aggressors put all the men border jumpers onto a white bus and they scream at him and note Every one of them has a jug of water. The escape girls are tired and they decide to take a break. And we go to a shitty house, trash all over the place. And the girl border jumpers are taken there. And they're yelled at by the black woman who is amazing in this movie. You belong to me. You ran away and tried to escape. And now you are mine. Don't even think about trying to sneeze without asking permission. I own you. <laughs> she really lets her feelings be known. Like every person in this movie, every Neil Breen movie, they don't so much act as tell you what they're feeling. And she's no different, but she sells it hard. This one has two of my all-time favorite Breen players in it. I mean, most movies, they have like one, but this one's got two. It's got her and the girl who plays the aunt. We'll get to her name in a little bit. They haven't said it yet, so I'm not saying it yet. But she is tremendous as well. And then there's a cavern we see, and that shadow thing passes by it. The the aunt and niece come up on Neil Breen's trailer, and he offers them water and a place to stay, but the aunt refuses, and he offers to clean it, and he goes in and just starts throwing shit off this, like, grody mattress in the trailer, and she's, like, has spazzes out, like, oh my god, what are you doing? How did I get here? Oh my goodness! What is this? What are you doing? She is apparently from Mexico, but talks like a valley girl sometimes. I also love how in this scene, Neil Breen turns into Basil Fawlty all of a sudden, where he's just yelling at this woman. He's just like, yes, I'm doing it, woman. I'm cleaning it. Here I go, cleaning. And then when he's, he's like, so it, into it. it's clean now, he looks up and he has this smile and he's like, he's almost human for a moment. It still looks like he wants <clears throat> to wear your skin. But it looks like a human who wants to wear your skin. The captive woman then talk about their troubles and everything wrong with them. And, the and of course, the politicians in their country. Uh, one of them is pregnant with no husband. Then we go over to the captive men. And guess what? They have the exact same conversation. And I am not shitting you when I say exact. <laughs> oh, yeah. And... They repeat the lines of dialogue. Like, he was like, well... Let's see if this works with the women. Or maybe it's more effective with the men. Or maybe we use all of it because it goes back to the women and then back to the guys again, and they're just bouncing each other off saying the same thing. You know, uh, hate for the, the uh, politicians. Uh, that That's universal regardless of sex. So right? that's why they can say the exact same lines in different parts of the state, wherever the hell they are. We don't really know what they are in relation to each other. Right. But uh, And then also these scenes... Nearly every sentence starts with I. I think, I feel, I'm pregnant. 
like there are some that don't, but even those start with like we, we feel, we need, we have. It's ridiculous. Who people don't talk like humans because the guy writing it probably isn't human. <laughs> well, you think that he he would look through his, his screenplay like you know what this is almost all entirely the same. I need to switch this up a little bit. No, that's not the Breen way. Never learn from your mistakes. Four deep into this, he's still pulling this crap. One guy, at the end, he's like, he tries to get up, and he's just kind of like, hey, I'm going to get out of here. And they shoot him. But they don't just they don't just shoot him. Like, he stands up, and the barrel is, like, already in his chest. Yeah, wait, I mean, he barely gets up. see that? He's just like, he says it like, oh, man, I'm just going to go take a piss. That's how he says it. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to get out of here. Boom! Real nonchalantly, like, he had to see the gun. It was pointed right at his chest. It was, like, leaning as- on it. It was like taking a nap on him. As soon as he stood up, his chest didn't have any choice but to bump the gun. For all we know, he just stood up, and the guy that shot him was like, wasn't expecting. It. He was like, "Oh, wait, huh, huh? He didn't do it because he was trying to escape. He was just surprised because who would stand up right in front of a gun like that? Neil Breen then wanders the desert with more monologues, and the girls are still with him, but the aunt is feisty and refuses his help the captive women we go back to them uh one of them hangs himself in the shower and the other girls fight over sleeping comfort you keep me in me in the back hey, when i'm sleeping no she doesn't care she said what really you're gonna curse i mean no she can go to sleep first no now lay down before i hit you in the face do you think this is the least important scene in the movie, Brandon? In a movie Where... full of least important scenes? Yeah, because it is a minute of them just arguing. Who died? The girl's face is not looking at us, and the guy's like, oh, let me get her down here. Let's go throw her in the back. It goes directly from someone's dead to, hey, all of us in this, I don't know, sex den? I don't know what the hell it was, but they're all upset just because they got a knee in the back, and they... It almost turns into a slap fight, and then they just calm down and go back to sleep. And that's it. More drone shots with Neil just hanging out in the mountains and monologuing as he goes to disappear in the mountain again. But this time he's followed by the niece, and she witnesses it. And when he gets back, she tells him she saw it, and that he's he's just a weird dude. Because people that yeah. disappear in the mountains are just weird dudes. I love that I saw you. You are a weird dude. I've never related to a character in a movie more than her. When she said that to him, like, how, how many people on the set just were thinking, I saw what you did. You're a weird dude. It was the catchphrase of the movie when they were making <laughs> That's it. what this movie should be called. That would make that would make so much more sense. It would be a lot more fun. Uh, the aunt, as Neil Breen is on his way back, she jumps out and says, Don't come near me. I'll kill you, you fucker. I won't hurt you. And then throws a rock at his head. But then she quickly comes around and apologizes and helps clean his wound. And they have a conversation about illegal immigrants, pimps, dealers, and smugglers harming this country. After they fold blankets and tell each other they're fine, he, like, is sitting in the truck that's supposedly pulling the trailer. She sits in the the back window of the trailer, like, sneakily peeking and watching him. And she's like, who is this guy? I know. Like, when that happened between the, the towel folding... That were the biggest holes I've ever seen in any towel. It's more hole than towel. And then it goes from that to her looking through a window. It's just like, where's the is there a relationship building here? Apparently, I, I've seen no attraction between either of them. But apparently, it's building. It must be off camera. She would be like the youngest girl he had a relationship with in any of these films. I can't tell her age. Because there is a scene later in the movie where, where you see her hands and you're like, who's the, oh, there's an older, who's this older lady? And then the camera tilts up and it's her like, oh, but she doesn't look like her face does not match what her hands are. Something's up. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Amanda in this movie, I'd like to point out, she is, she's trying to cross the border. She's been sleeping in a, a, a dirty, dirty trailer. Perfect makeup. Could not be more lovely. Uh, Amanda, yes, that is the the aunt's name. And the niece is Kim, as we find out in the next scene. They are having dinner around trash. And Neil tells them his name is Till. He looks at a yogurt container. And he comes up with the name Till. How's it spelled? Do you remember how it's spelled? T-H-G-I-L. But it's pronounced Till. 
Then in uh, his desert monologue, he stands in the middle of like a bunch of circles of rocks. So it's like, a, you know, the little circle in the middle and then just expands outward to bigger circles. And then he has his arms stretched and he just slowly moves in circles as the drone just goes back and forth. Yeah, first the, the drone goes to left and, and then it pans all the way back to the right and the music fades yeah you think when it gets all the way to the right you're like oh it's gonna cut to oh no we're going back yeah yeah we're going it, back it comes back like, uh, the, like i said the music stops then the camera moves it back again and the music comes back what what were you trying to accomplish they're like you're trying to punk the audience all right next scene <laughs> gotcha you got breened motherfucker <laughs> what, uh, what is this circular I... rock formation was that like a like a helipad or something? Yeah, or, I, don't, I don't know. Like, did he make it himself? I hope that, that, that there was no one out there that was just finding rocks and then putting them in concentric circles. Because that's sad. I just hope that was there. They just found that area or they knew about it. Maybe it's... It, although I don't know why you'd put a hel- put, put a bunch of rocks around where there'd be a helipad. I guess that doesn't make sense. It's, it's odd. Over uh, elsewhere in the desert... The kids lose power in their phone, and then uh, they pass by Neil Breen again. He's, like, all of a sudden, like, just laying down sleeping in the desert, and they're like, hey, there's that guy again. (laughs) Well, back to it, gang. Inside the trailer, Amanda asks what's on Neil's face. He's got, like, dirt on his face, and he's like, oh, I must have slept on the ground again. Because we needed that scene. (laughs) Still a better scene than... Your knee's in my back. Kim finds a piano in the desert, and her and Neil play a tune together. Like, who drives a piano out to the desert and just like, all right, well, this is where it goes. Who does that? That's what happened. That's what would have to happen. It's not like a piano fell off a truck. Someone had to go out there and dump a piano in the middle of nowhere. Right after this in the trailer, Amanda wisens up and realizes that his name is Light, spelled backward. She then asks him, Have you seen the future? I am the future. He says he can move from one time plane to another and then shows her he can make trash float, which is basically, it's just a a, a reverse shot. Like it played in reverse of him dropping That's it. stuff. Yeah, so then the, the trash floats up to his hand and... It's and amazing. She's like, and she's like, whoa! He returns to the hieroglyphics wall with the spot on his on the hand of the tiger. And he goes, something incredible is about to happen. And then more desert, more monologue. Uh, and we're back in the trailer. And he tells Amanda that humans are pretty much worthless. He's mad about groups, classes, races, and culture. And that humans need to realize they're all just one. He wishes there was truth and honesty. He, then he decides to explain that whole wormhole theory thing with a piece of hose. And then he tells her he can teach her about that. So then we get the tiger shot again from before. It's Neil and the tiger face to TV screen. Back to the trailer. He tells Amanda he's going to eliminate harmful humans. I think it was at this point where when I was watching the film, I, I kind of pinpointed one of the things that is unsettling about Neil Breen. His eyes. There's no part of Neil Brain that looks natural. He, he either has, uh, like, the eyes of a dog or an alien. That's what it looks like is in his head. They were ripped out of something else and put on a human body, and it's, it's bizarre. We cut to a newsroom, the most largest newsroom ever, where uh, two anchors are bitching about a politician and then they give a positive spin on him when the camera runs. And then they start reporting all harmful people on Earth disappearing. We have just received breaking news that the president has disappeared, as well as some of his staff. This has been confirmed. Listen to this. The prime minister is now missing and cannot be found. The board of directors and management of major banks and insurance companies have vanished overnight. Stock market senior management has been reported missing. It's as if all the harmful people on Earth are disappearing. I think that's pretty subjective. Who are they to decide who is harmful, to be fair? Switching over to the the male captive bus, the goons with guns disappear. Neil Breen's on the bus, and he tells them all to go back where they came from and make a difference. Stay out of America! 
basically. The girl's house, he goes to do the same thing, but first he gets in the best fucking fight ever with the black woman before she disappears. I mean, she's like, "Uh uh-uh, I am not going down without a fight. Who the hell are you? What the hell are you doing in my house? This is my universe. I will kill you. I will eliminate all of the people like you that have ruined this planet. You are done. No, you are done. I'm done. Done. Oh, holy shit. This is in, in the Neil Breen Hall of Fame. This scene goes like it. Wow. It looks like one of those fights that you're, you're just like walking around the town and people are out to the bar like yelling at the top of their lungs and they are about two inches from each other's face like oh shit someone's gonna die it was that intensity between her and neil breen makes me wonder if she was acting or if she was just done making this movie he just makes her dissolve and that's it that's how she goes away she goes out she goes out just like everyone else she just got to speak a little more before she went dude i do think he does say you're done and then she just fades away he tells the women to go back to their countries and lead a revolt against the politicians and injustices that we know he appears at a green screen mansion exterior and there's these guards and they they instantly disappear upon seeing him and he takes his denim outfit to a suit and we get a scenes many scenes of like rich politicians and lawyers talking about corrupt things that are just bad and neil brings always among the conversation and he keeps piping in with like isn't that corrupt and isn't that immoral it's almost got the cadence of one of those old 80s sitcoms where like someone would like everything would pause so that guy could get the obvious one-liner in (laughs) yeah like like, because everything just like drops dead it's like isn't that corrupt he might as well just be looking right into the camera when he's saying it like this is what i'm saying folks and again they talk about the bad deeds that they do like in other Neo Brain movies, but they are super vague. They just talk about like screwing over like the less the fortunate. people. Let's the, harm the people so I can be rich. Yeah, that, that that's really what it is. He It's all just like super generic stuff, which all his all his movies, like all his polit- political like conspiracies and stuff, have all been these like. Uh, just... it, it, it's always you can't trust corporations and you can't trust the government. But never why. There's never the why. There's never any yeah. detail. It's just like they're corrupt. Yeah. You're being they're... lied to. Well, well, how? Just you know, I'm willing to listen, but he doesn't even say that like like the degrees of lies. He doesn't say that they lie all the time or they lie about this topic. It's just they're liars and cheats. Okay, we want to be on your side, but you gotta give us more information, dude. The people in the the house didn't wonder who the hell he was, and then he walks out of the house. He returns to denim clothes, and the mansion explodes. The news reports are uh, still talking about disappearing people, but this time includes reality television stars. Neil goes back to disappearing into the mountain, back to the tiger. Uh, We get more drone wandering and monologuing. Then a weird shot of the back of Amanda as she wags her hair and then pulls her shirt up and like leaves it up, like like traps it under her boobs. And then we see a tiger tattoo and she walks away from the camera. And that's it. That's it. We, We see that she was wearing a bra earlier that day because the indentations on the upper part of her back are there from a bra. Was that the point that... Sometimes she likes to wear a bra. Sometimes she likes to be free. What? Was the conversation like, are you okay with doing um, lower back nudity? (laughs) I I bet what happened was she was supposed to take her shirt off, but she didn't want to. But he convinced her to at least take the bra off so you could see, like, yes, she's not wearing a bra. Like, if you were on the other side of the camera, you could see her boobs. But not today. No, no. You just see what breast support and that's enough you know that at some point she's been supported and that tiger thing okay does that relate back to tiger 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 i i guess but like in those other scenes where neil breen is staring at the tiger does that mean that staring at her butt like spiritually or something because that's where the tiger is Mm. it goes like right down 
like the small of her back and it's just reaching it's like i'm pretty sure there's a paw on her butt at least so i'll accept it yeah that's what it i i don't know i don't know the significance of any tiger at any point in this movie even in the tattoo form it makes no sense neil then does his circle jerk dance uh while the drone's capturing it again the news people are confronted by neil breen he like shows up at the station he makes him disappear he sits at the news desk and then just spills the beans about who he is and how human evolution has ended and reached its limits. He's mad about violence and political correctness. He boasts eliminating 300 million humans from the planet. He then tells people to take action now against corrupt politicians and corporations. But did, didn't he just make them all disappear? Yeah, if all these bad people are gone, then who are they revolting against? Was he, like, did he just get rid of some of them? He's like, okay, it's up to you guys to do the rest. Because he's it, like, it, the cleanse has begun. The revolution starts now. Okay. But if, if there's th- 300 million people gone, that makes me wonder, there's more jerks? Because that sucks. Did he only get rid of, like, <laughs> full-on assholes and then, like, left, like, the, like, three quarter assholes or like the, the, the quarter. Oh man. I hate a three quarter asshole. There's nothing I hate more than that. I'd rather go full asshole than three quarter asshole. At least full asshole. They commit. So it bothers me the most, the lack of commitment. We check in on an astronomy boy who hears some radio chatter. Neil wanders the desert with more monologues and that drone. Uh, astronomy boy calls his girl and says, it's here. I don't know what, but it's here. They're all super happy about it. They're throwing like the laptop around like, eh, it's here. I assume they're looking at dick pics. Yeah. I hope they're not, but I assume they are. Why else would they, would they be that excited? Yeah, she and her friend agree to go. Dr. Astronomy then answers his phone and gets excited, saying he waited his whole life for this. In the desert, the red dot is in the sky. Kim leaves the trailer to wander as the kids pick up Dr. Astronomy and have their dad in a minivan, drop them off in the desert. Dad, come with us. No, no, I'm just gonna stay here. It's just another one of your false alarms. I'm just gonna stay here and get some sleep. He's supportive, but not that supportive. I'll drive you out to the middle of nowhere, but after that, you know, it's up to you to walk around the desert by yourself with no water and probably no way to contact me, so I'll be here sleeping. The kids want to go with Neil Breen, but he tells them no. He gives them shiny rocks to have people uh, believe them, I, whatever, and the power, rest- it restores power to their phones. Amanda then cries because her niece is gone, and a man in a wife beater with a gun then crosses the border, uh, that, what I'm guessing is the border with that fence. Kim wanders into a mine shaft where she, she meets the creator of the shadows who's playing with the you know like the snakes that pop out of the can mm-hmm. he looks like he's playing with those he says he's the creator of the shadows but in his den <laughs> most importantly there is a giant easter egg or maybe a connection to another movie as neil breen's double down vest his denim vest metal still in the same spots is there is present i got so fucking excited when we watched this is it possible that this movie is a sequel to Double Down. I think and, it's, I think there's an argument to be made that there's a universe and a connection with all Neil Breen's movies, and it comes together here in Pass Through. Maybe what happened is that his character from Double Down, his spying techniques just fell apart. He didn't have access to laptops. He couldn't hack government systems anymore. And he just fell on, on bad times and just got high in the desert. And then he dies. Because we don't know his name before. Right, right. But, you know, somewhere he sold his vest with medals on it to mm-hmm. this guy that makes the, the shadows. I hate fan theories, but shit, it's possible. I mean, yeah. Well, and put that together with he's got on the same mission as I am here now. Is maybe this yeah. is AI from that alien. We got this fart thing from Fateful Findings. <laughs> this thing's like a remix mixtape. Yeah, and the corrupt politicians, all that. I mean, it is. It's a universe. Neil and Amanda 
They hear Kim scream while looking at the caverns. The shadow thing floats around. They find Kim, which Amanda has one of her freakouts about. Where have you been? We've been looking for you. Who are you? I'm going to kill you. What are they doing with her? No, no, no. What's going on? Nothing. We were just playing. Neil says that they are leaving to go to a better place. And outside, Neil goes to the guy and tells him, like, You are now free of PTSD. The, the shadow man. The yes. shadow man. Is like, and he's like, oh, okay, thanks. I'm like, I didn't know he had that. <laughs> and yeah. he's holding the double down vest. He brought it with him. None of it makes sense. I would argue that character didn't even need to be in the movie, as could happen with several characters in this film. And then he brings the grandma and grandson from, remember, the beginning of the movie? They're back to life. It's like, yeah, you guys aren't dead anymore. There. He likes helping people almost as much as he loves killing them. And speaking of killing, the guy who walked over with the gun that we met just a little bit ago, that's Amanda's ex-husband. So he just walked. And finds them instantly. (laughs) Apparently he's a hell of a master tracker to find them. And he shoots Kim and then shoots Amanda, and then Neil Breen makes him shoot himself in the head. It should be okay because, again, cartoon bullets come out of the gun every time. That's true. And then he goes over and he brings Amanda and Kim back to life. It says, let the light be in your eyes. As they start to leave, Kim says she's tired. She can't go on. Amanda, of course, has a freak out about it. What are you talking about? I can't. You can't stay. You can't stay here. What do you mean you're not going? What are you telling me this for? Please, please. After everything we've been through, everything. You can't stop now. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Kim wanders away, and then everything starts going back to how it was. Like, the fence goes up. The red dot disappears from the hieroglyphics. Neil and Amanda, like, brush hands, which is probably as close as this woman would agree to touching Neil Breen as possible. You're right. This is one of the few Neil Breen movies where he's not rubbing skin against another woman. There's no sex. There's no nudity. This is what I was talking about earlier. When you see her hands... They kind of clumsily fumble next to each other. Her hands, they don't look like the hands of a young person. Right. So, so it's extra weird when they pan up. It's like, you look like you're 35, but your hands look like you're 57. We get a quick shot of Dr. Astronomy saying, I can't believe I live to see this. <laughs> live to see what? Yeah. What the hell's happening? Uh, Neil and Amanda sit among piles of dead bodies like all over the place but they're obviously a section that's been copy and pasted all over the desert he says the cleanse has begun and she's excited she's going to see him again someday the shadow comes back one more time passes over her and we get that neil tiger shot one more time everybody one more time and it's kind of like the shot and i am here now where he transforms the sky has some wavy green light show shit going on and well, yeah the I, I'm gonna guess the northern lights or something that looks like that green wiggling night sky over the day of the desert. Neil Breen wanders toward it. The mountains, a weird anomaly happens on Neil Breen's face. That looks like some like digital error or something happened. And then the drone flies up and through the desert and all the credits, which kind of sound like they're like judging or like being hateful because it's like uh actor name susan immigrant john immigrant (laughs) stacy immigrant like that's how they come off because he because everyone's name is name comma what they were like it's like bob immigrant you know it's like oh okay and i'm not talking about it's like it's like the person's name is like scott johansson played steve immigrant like that's how yeah and there's like you know bill thug or something like that it's very possible this movie is not pro-immigrant it wants to deport as many people as possible i'm pretty sure this is like neil breen going i'm with you donald (laughs) who knows well no he doesn't like corruption so he can't be oh he's gonna drain the swamp that's that's what donald trump promised and that's what neil breen preaches here is the corrupt (laughs) politicians now it doesn't mean trump would believe in that but that's what he was his platform was trying to trying to promote and people like Neil, Neil Breen were like, yeah. Neil Breen, what do you know about the swamp? You live in the desert. He lives in the desert. He lives among the corrupt businessmen. But the, the movie ends with that space globe picture that we see at the very oh, beginning yeah, of the yeah, movie. The, yeah, his desktop, his wallpaper comes back. Yeah, and that red dot is in the middle of it. 
So then the, that cosmic picture that goes away, but so the screen is just black with the red dot in the middle, and then credits. I, I still don't know what that red dot is. I mean, it, it must have something to do with the AI. I yeah. just don't know what. Is it like the advanced society looking at Neil Breen and what he's doing? It's something it, he figured out on his editing software, I'll tell you that. And he was like, man, I gotta put this in a movie. Yeah, th- this movie is definitely when Neil Breen learned how to use After Effects. The stuff, like when he fades into uh, the wall, it looks a little better. There's other things moving in the picture, so it looks, I, mean, I don't want to say believable, but it, it looks less stiff. So the, the, really the only thing that's stiff in this movie is everyone's acting. Is, is that the style of the people that are from uh, Las Vegas, Brandon? Because uh, everyone in this movie acts like Neil Breen. Like in other movies, other people are not great. But it's really this one where everyone is fucking terrible. And they all act like the exact same. It's like a Stepford Wives situation. It's crazy. Well, I was telling you, we were talking off air, and I said, there's a ladder. It must be like Las Vegas. You know, you act like that. Yeah, you're in the Neil Breen movies, and that's your acting style that hopefully gets you into Miami porn, which hopefully gets you to <laughs> Los Angeles porn, which hopefully breaks you into, like, student films to break in to indie films to become a superstar. That's that's the path. Everything starts yeah. in Las Vegas. But, but you're right. It is moving onto porn from this is a step up. I've seen better acting in porn. Well, I'll tell you what, Neil, if you're listening, you're probably not. We can do this, Cullen and I. We are we we, we at the best you got out of the people these people is I don't know if we can replicate how bad that is, but man, give us a <laughs> shot, dude. Give us we, a shot. And we are we not can't. asking to be paid. We just want to be a part of your your legend, your legacy. The bar is set so low you would trip over it. It is ridiculous, the acting in this movie. We can act uh, at least as well as old Doctor from Fateful Findings. We can at least do that. Or I'll I'll wear my glasses higher up on my nose. I promise. Can we talk about the the mansion exploding for a moment? Yes, let's talk about the mansion exploding. It's like a tease explosion. It's like, boom, boom. Oh, cut. And the actual fire, it's clear that it's, you know, special effects. It's a computer. But it's so, oh, my God. What what year do you think these graphics are from on on this fake fire? No, it looks like, you know what it looks like? It, it looks like Channel 101. Yeah. That f- like when there's, like, fake, silly, ridiculous fire where it's, like, played up as a joke. This is but unironic. it's serious. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're right. It's Justin Roiland that come running out screaming. Yeah, it looks like explosions and stuff from like Duke Nukem 3D from like the 90s. Like that's what. <laughs> oh, and you know that Neil Breen wants to be like Duke Nukem. Oh gosh, you know what would be great? Like a YouTube channel of Neil Breen playing Duke Nukem and talking about it while he's playing it. That would be good. I'm going to get you aliens because. I'm here to save everyone from the corruption of you evil aliens from hell or wherever you come from. I'll send you back from where you came from. It's like someone was telling Neil Breen one day, did you know You know how corrupt this politician is? He's like, they're corrupt? He's like, yeah, they're corrupt. And let me tell you why. Stop there. I'm. That's it. I, <laughs> all I need. It's all I need to know. I don't know, need to know why they're corrupt or what they are corrupt about. But I know they're corrupt, and that's good enough for me. Four movies later, still using the same material. He's just harnessing his stand-up act. <laughs> what is the deal with government? <laughs> it's corrupt. Politicians be corrupting. Politicians be corrupting. I can force my political bias and influence on fellow politicians to vote my way. For a payoff, of course. Isn't that corrupt? Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cults in the cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our options are as follow. Stay with your family, which means you want to cleanse the earth of pass-through. Make it not exist. Don't want it around. Converted, which means 
you listen to Neil Breen, you're good. You're going to go back. You're going to start a revolt. You're going to stay in your damn country, but do some good. And drinking the Kool-Aid, you're that guy standing in the circle with your arms spread, twirling around and around and around. With arms wide open. With arms wide open. So, Cullen, how do you rate Pass Through? Well, this is really just a sampling of all of his other movies. And, you you know, sometimes the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Uh, Not this time. The the individual elements sometimes are, are okay, especially that awesome fight that he gets in with that woman that owns people, apparently. I, I guess that's what's going on. It's never made real clear who she is or why she's doing anything she does. Some of his other movies are just so batshit insane. But but this, it's still ridiculous, but it's not to that level where your jaw is just dropped the entire time. He he still gets nothing right, but it's not as entertaining this time how, how bad he's failing. It's... But the others are, are genuine and fun and ridiculous. This one's just, he, he, he still takes himself seriously, which is important. Follow your bliss. Thank goodness you're, you're doing that. But it's just, it's not as much fun with this one. And w- when every person has the same voice of Neil Breen, it's just not as much fun. So I think I'm going to stay with my family on this one. Brandon, how do you rate Pass Through? Well, Pass Through is... Like you said, it's it's almost like a greatest hits. It was, it was it was kind of disappointing because in a in a sense that like watching it, it's like well, it's weird to say this about like Neil Breen, but I was like I've seen this before. It was stuff I you know territories gone through before. Whereas Double Down, I am here now, and at Fateful Findings felt like he was either a building upon something or it was different. It was a different, completely different story. And this one kind of was a bit more flat and it had some new stuff that we hadn't seen, but a lot of it was the same. Like remember in, I am here dot dot. Now they have the aggressive like gang people. Well, we have them back here, but I still think it delivers the hits good enough to have some laughs. It has your jaw is not gonna be brushing your floor a whole lot. It's not gonna make a comfortable spot, but it will drop down from time to time in this movie to say hi. But it's not as shocking at this point after you know seeing the three films. But I still think it's got the moments. If if this was your first Neil Breen film, I'm sure it's gonna give you the same effect as some of the others. I, I think Faithful Findings is still my favorite. And I think his best. But this doesn't have like the what in the hell that like Double Down has even. So I mean, gosh, it's it's, it's weird. To, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm going converted with it just on the fact that it still for me delivers enough of those Neil Breen moments and had some some new stuff. Not a lot, but it, it's it's worn territory. If he hits this like another like this again, I wouldn't be so kind. It's just enough. I don't know where to put it because there's a competency level that it has over some of like of double down, but double down is just a blissful, weird, what in the hell is going on movie that really after now four films stands out amongst the pack. I think double down and faithful findings really are the, the moneymaker ones there. And then like, so like even Neil Breen films is where it's at or the odds, sorry, the odd Neil Breen films. Maybe where it's at. So with Twisted, we're looking at something good coming. I think this is the X Men Apocalypse of Neil Breen movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's it, a lot. There's a lot of good stuff there. But you've seen um, it all before. Yeah, yeah. You've seen no, it done course. better. Yeah, you've seen it yeah, done yeah. before and done fresher, better. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. That's a perfect analogy. Having said that, X Men Apocalypse is a much better movie <laughs> than Pass Through. Yeah, it's 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 weird to be disheartened here, but. I don't know. It's still, I mean, I still enjoy the hell out of watching it, but if I'm, my go-to Neil Breen film is Fateful Findings. If I, if I tell a person to watch one film of Neil Breen's, it's Fateful Findings. And if you want to do two, go to Double Down because it's a polar opposite thing. And if, once you get the idea of Fateful Findings, I think Double Down improves because you're like, oh wow, what's this one? And then I Am Here Now is kind of, it's in between them. It does come before Fateful Findings, but it's more of the same kind of stuff with a, this one, this one felt like a step back. Yeah. Each movie, uh, he got a little bit better, you know, at and storytelling kinda... and with shots. 
And this one feels like a step back. It's kind of running in place. Well, he kind of, like, yeah, he stepped back to, like, double down territory. Because he's in the desert all the damn time. Mm-hmm. And oh, I wonder, my God. I wonder if he what? was trying to make something that was, like, a tribute to all his works. We didn't even get to see the pool that's at his house. That's in every we, one of the movies. We only saw the room with the, the hospital bed. That was it. Yeah, which is clearly his house. Maybe you couldn't get permits for the Breen residents. Who knows? These places are so vulnerable and unprotected. And there is no way they can keep up with the technology. Isn't that corrupt? On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we're going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary of Gen Con. It's the global gaming convention. It's like a huge deal. And this this is their 50th running, so it's like a very big deal. And we know some of you listen to our show are big gamers, stuff like that. So we thought we'd you know, kind of tie into something unique like that. I don't know how many you know movie podcasts are tying into Gen Con, but we are. And we're going to be talking about 2013's Zero Charisma which will hit a lot of people very close to home. Just, you know, check out that movie. If you're going to watch a movie with us, check that one out. And we'll have some interesting discussion, which joining us for said discussion will be the dungeon director for True Dungeon, which is played at Gen Con, Jeff Chandler. It's like going through like a real-life Dungeons & Dragons, but without the concern of a dragon murdering you. Uh, but first... Colin, this Thursday, we have something we're very excited to share with you. As a part of Neil Breenwake, we have an interview with Victoria Viveros, who is the actress who played Amy, the woman who shot her husband, Jim, in Fateful Findings. What does she have to say about working with Neil Breen? Well, listen in on Thursday and call it some of the cavalcades. We're really excited to bring you this interview. We are very happy to land somebody who's worked with Neil Breen since he doesn't want to come on the show. But uh, we thought, you know what? Let's go the extra mile for you guys and check this out. So be sure to listen. And we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Zero Charisma, the trailer that actually trails. Thousands of years ago, early man gathered around the fire, developing the myths that define their culture. So we sit at the table, building heroes, and seeing through them ourselves. Think your Xbox can do that? I don't have an Xbox. Good for you. I play World of Warcraft, though. It's Scott Wiedemeyer. We have an open seat starting Tuesday. What kind of games do you guys uh, host here? As a matter of fact, we have an opening for a new player. Hey guys, this is Miles. I brought a six pack if anyone wants one. Is that cool? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Beer's cool. Miles is pretty funny tonight, huh, Scott? <laughs> I am Ulrich Benavon, keeper of the Stones of Light. I'm gonna throw my sword at his head. That's not what you're supposed to do. Role-playing is about more than just being funny, you know. What's hard is to get people emotionally invested in the story. <laughs> Nana, you promised you wouldn't disturb the I'm game. I'm just making myself a sandwich. Well, it's disturbing. No, you and your friends sitting in there pretending to be elves and fairies. That's what's disturbing. Wake up, guys. You can't trust him. He's not your friend. He's my nemesis. Huh. You want a game? You want my game? I'll give you a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. Don't you think there's more to it than that? The gods demand retribution! Whoops. Knock! Sorry, I thought this was a bathroom. Come with me now, and all is forgotten. And everyone gets 500 experience points. listening to cult cinema cavalcade you can find more of colin's work on the creative zombie studios network and on twitter at my name is colin you can find more of brandon's work at whysoblue.com and on twitter at bt peters podcast produced by brad shoemaker edited by brandon narration by becky theme song pink baby by happy elf 
found on the freemusicarchive.org network. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please remember to leave us an iTunes rating and review. Join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I'm following it. I lost it. I've been working on a couple new songs. I've realized I just want to think. I'm all he's got. I'm ready. I want you. I swear to God. I am. I have. I can't. I wish. I can help. I own. I'm afraid. I'll let. I'll stay. I'll, I'll clean. I'm an addict. I have nothing. I'm empty inside. I have no life. I was weak. I hate the politicians in my country. I'm pregnant. I have no husband. And I just want my baby. I left my country. I, I hate weak. the politicians in my country. I was being abused. I realize what I'm doing is illegal. I'm getting out of here. I salute. I need. I will. I went. I saw you. Yeah, I'll kill you. I won't. I'm not, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm fine. I'm fine. I am feeling no. I guess it's. I am. I can move. I can. I can manip. I can. I can. I can. I'm going. I am going. I believe. I'm only. I can't. I'm setting. I will. I will. I know. I can. I know. I'm sure. I'm sure. I am. I have. I can't. I am art. I have take. I have take. I have eliminated. I have killed. I have turned. I can see it. I'm on. I'm on. I can't. I'm sure. I can't. I can't. I am. I'm a good person. I've never. I've just. I just. I'm not. I've been looking. I can't. I can't. I'm not. I live. I've waited. I am really.